and welcome to The Two Tones. Tony DeBolfo, Tony Moclair. It is episode Glen Manton Tone. Or save you balance if you want to go back a bit further, Tony. I'll 22? stick my neck out. 22, Can the great man. Can you give us any more 22s, Tony? Neil Chandler wore 22 and he played, what, uh, I don't know if he played 50 games, but three of them were premierships, 68, and he, 70 and 72. So he was a great author as well. A great author, a great author he was too, but save you balance, uh, one of the great men. Um, Told a great yarn uh, not long before he died about an old teammate, Jack Kikakani, a little rover that was a specialist in the stab pass, Tony. Yeah. And he said, one day I let out to Jack and I took the mark on the chest and I looked down and there was blood streaming down the middle <laughs> of my sternum. And I went up to Jack and I said, Jack, how many times do I have to tell you, lace out when you kick it to me, lace out. <laughs> I don't know that Jack ever learned his lesson, but there you go. Wow. Um, well, we got something of a lesson uh, against Collingwood. You wouldn't say they exactly took us to the schoolhouse tone? Not to the sword. Probably put, could have put us to the sword of, uh, earlier in the game, missed a few chances. Um, and then when you look at the scoreline, it probably best reflects you know, the, the dour you know, clash that this was, Tony, and, and how it was a battle of defences, that mm. you, you really had uh, the backs of both sides on top. I think where Car- uh, Carlton lost it was that their midfield was pretty much kept in check. Plus there was the butchering of the ball and mm. in field play. And I, I don't really think the forwards um, got a real crack at it. Not that too many of them were really presenting either. It was, um, it was a disappointing uh, evening all round, really. And reflecting on the, on the match itself, two goals in the finish, I was a little surprised we got that close, to be truthful. But, but there you go. It was, a, it was a, an eminently forgettable contest, I would have thought. Uh, Penelbury had a great night. Um, and congratulations to Collingwood. He, that, I mean, that goal from the forward pocket was astonishing. Uh, look, he, he was a standout on the field quite clearly. And I, and I think I mentioned off air, Tony, that you know when thoughts turned to the previous um, encounter, Mark Murphy was up and running. And I, I think you know one number down there in yeah. midfield really hurt us. Because in, in the previous encounter, I'm pretty sure Ed Curnow went to Pendlebury and completely shut him down. Yeah. In this instance, with Murphy out, you had Kuno going to Trelaw and doing mm. a great job in negating Trelaw. But what that did was free up Pendlebury to become mm. Collingwood's most efficient um, contributor. So weight of numbers probably took its toll there. And I guess with every week, we just get to see how important the presence and leadership of Mark Murphy actually yes. is. We, we, we sorely miss him. Well, we are bearing the headline a bit there, Tone. Um, it was, of course, the debut. Oh. Of uh, Jack Silvani. I saw him walk past me on the way in today. He's, uh, how tall is he? He'd well, be think, six foot four in the old school, well, six I, foot three? Yeah, well, I don't know that he's that tall. I, I, he may be, a, 191, Danielle's 191. just reminded me, which, um, again, for uh, we, um, we uh, elders, uh, it's sort of a, like a hieroglyphic, isn't it? it 191 is. in the Imperial would be, what, six, yeah, maybe six two, I think six three. Six four. Is it six four? I reckon. Look, he he's um, he's quite athletic. Like I mean, if you you know, comparisons were drawn with Jack and Stephen running out for his first game. You know, the yeah. sinewy figure in the frame. Yeah. No mistaking the gait, the gait of the yes. of Jack That's Silvani. The Silvani trademark. And of course, the long sleeves and the socks down. I mean, yeah. all it was missing was number one on the back. But but it was it was magnificent to well, see. And in fact, so romantic was his story. You know, the three. Paternal generations happened six times previously ever in football. You know, really? the, the Kennedys have done it, and Laurie Dewey's family, Francis Burke's family. There's there's only a handful 
uh, we've had grandfather, father, son yeah. of the same paternal lineage play for the one team. That you've is, had four wow. or five generations of players who've through the generation played mm. different clubs, but this is the one line through the one club. And um, it, was, uh, it was just magnificent to see the romance football on display through Jack Silvani. And, and in fact, uh, standing on the um, concourse at the MCG, um, there was a Collingwood fellow next to me who mentioned, I've actually come here tonight to see... Jack Silvani play, so I think that's well that's played, a measure. Well played, sir. Yeah, I think that's a measure of um, the, the, the interest that Jack Silvani brought to the game, and, and of course, for those watching on, you know, like um, uh, Serge and Rita, oh, they, they, was it was that? magnificent. And Joe Silvani, of course, and then Stephen having kittens in the in the box <laughs> on his own, you know, with every time Jack went near the ball. Tell you a funny story, Tony. After the game, Rita and Serge and Joe. We're down in the rooms, obviously, and uh, I went over to Rita and I said, well, Rita, you've, you've sat in the stands for years to see your husband, Serge, play. Mm. You saw your boy, Serge, play. This is the walk in the park for you, isn't it, yeah. with Jack? And he's gone. She said, oh, here we go again. That's <laughs> <laughs> 50 or 60 years from dedication, you know, and you, you feel for family, you know. It, 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 you, you must ride every bump and every tackle and every uh, mark and kick taken along the way, you know, heart in your mouth thinking, will he get hurt? Will he come in unscathed? It must be a particularly traumatic uh, experience, particularly when your, um, your next of kin or next one down is, is out there for the first time. Well, there, look, there were some deft touches from the young fella. There was a lot of unselfish play. Yes, great team play by, by Jack. Uh, very creative, knew how to make position, clear thinker. In actual fact, um, got in the game Pretty much straight away. Yeah, he took one over the top from Daisy Thomas, which he, he flipped across to Jed Lamb for Carlton's first goal. And lovely kick by Jed Lamb, Lovely too. kick, too. And it was a great nerve steadier for Jack. And he just seemed to, you know, find his, find his feet with every minute that passed in the game. Survived the argy-bargy at the start mm. with Tyson Goldsack. But yeah. that was to be expected, you know. Welcome to AFL football, son. And he really, he really was at home. It was a shame he didn't slot that goal, yes, you know, um, yeah. uh, uh, to the... Um, um, Onto the, the street end to Bryce Gibbs. That's right. Yeah. The one off to Bryce. Um, it was a crowd killer. That one. There was yeah. a lot of people wanting to go back and slot that. But uh, but look, all in all, um, I, that was that was the 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 diamond in the dirt yeah. on, on Saturday night to see Jack Silvani, you know, turn out for his first game and get through unscathed. And and I must say, I, I had the great pleasure to interview Jack after the game, and he, he does carry himself so well. Yeah, he does. It was, um, a, it was a lovely interview, Tony. He, he was he's, terrific. Um, he's, how do I put this? He's a well-raised young man. Yes, yes. And, and look, I, I think He's from a good family. Good stock, Tony. Good stock. <laughs> no, it was lovely to see, and um, may there be many, many more games for the, for the current football club for Jack, that's for sure. Well, we hope he might get to the Magic 200, as <laughs> Andrew Walker did, well, speaking of the number one goon. Well, it was, you know, the 200th game was somewhat overshadowed, was it? But it, it was no less a milestone, a particularly significant milestone when you, when you think first Indigenous player can't play mm. 200 games. You know, Sid Jackson didn't make it, Eddie Betts didn't make it, he was Walker on the mantle, you know, um, uh, having played 200 for the club. And it didn't mean a lot to him and, he, and his family. His grandfather, who I think he mentioned was 88, was mm. in the rooms was there for his first 50th, 100, 150th games also. Yeah. Um, and he talked afterwards about you know, how his career had come and gone in a blink. I think we all remember that game uh, in um, 2004 against West Coast here yeah. where you know, he burst on the scene, you know, 
dropped the car, uh, probably with one of his early leaps in footy. You know, it was, it was an amazing debut um, uh, on that particular instance. And I'm pretty sure Andrew Walker was also the last man, is the last man to kick a goal here at Prince's Park in a game of football. Wow. So he, he carries that, um, that honour with him to the grave, probably. Um, so... Um, it was interesting because you had uh, Walker at one, Jack Silvani at locker number two, mm-hmm. and um, uh, so Walker said, look, Jack's a very level-headed fellow and didn't really need to impart too much of my wisdom on him through the course of the week leading into game number one. He said he, he had it pretty well covered, and, and as Jack mentioned before the game, he, he kept his nerves pretty much in check, and um, part of the... Um, uh, the um, Preparation for Jack was to actually lodge his first vote, the federal election, <laughs> yep. which he said actually was a good thing. Was it took his mind off it? Probably, um, it probably took probably three hours off his prep time too, yes. filling out the white paper. Yeah. Are you even was, allowed a sausage on game day? Oh, that's a great question. That is. A, can I, I get back to about that? the fat content and <laughs> conditioning and that sort of stuff? Uh, uh, only, only gourmet sausages where he votes. Oh, yeah, that's I could a, imagine. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, we're not talking. Um, yeah, uh, struggle straight. Now, um, Walks had some moral support in the room. Um, an ex-Collingwood player and a, a Carlton great clubman and champion was there to to provide some um, moral support on the night. Yes, he was indeed. We talk about the uh, the old number 29, Tony, Heath Scotland, the great Heath Scotland. And uh, remind me to get back to you about the number 29 too and a former player, uh, Tony, but... Heath was in the rooms, as was another former Carlton and Collingwood player wearing the num- who wore the number two of Jack Silvani, ah, Jordan, Jordan Russell. Jordan Russell, of course. Jordan Russell was there, and I saw Davey Ellard in the room yeah. as well, and also Luke Livingston uh, oh, made a great cameo. number four. The great number four was there. I, had, I, I, caught, uh, I bumped into uh, Jordan Russell outside the, uh, the room afterwards, heading off to the, um, up to the Hilton end, and I said, oh, Jordan... Um, Foot in both camps tonight with yeah. Carlton Collies. Rubbish. He's <laughs> Carlton through and through. So, Geordie's, uh, Geordie's still got uh, blue blood beating through his veins. But all of them were there in support of Andrew Walker. And, and, and Walker said to me, he said, these were fellows that meant a lot to me through my time playing. Mm. And when it's all said and done in football and a lot of uh, areas of uh, professional life, Tony, it all comes down to the friendships. Yes. It all, yeah. all boils down to friendships you make. And um, when I spoke to Andrew Walker about that, I think that's what he reflected on, the people that he mm. met that have come and gone, been through the door, because 200 games is, you know, 10 years plus. And in football terms, that's a long time. And a lot of people come and go. So um, them being there meant a lot to him. And it was great to see them in the room. It, you're right. He did make that point about Scotto taking him under his wing when he yes. got to the club. And, yes. And him being, um, I guess, a mentor and a, a friend and a, yes. you know, a, a guide around the club, if you want to put it that way, which is, just sums up what a great club man he, Scotland, was. Very true. And Very is. true. And yeah. is, indeed. Um, Kieran Byrne, that um, that was a nasty injury. He got crunched by two Collingwood players. He did. And, and you know, look, in a lot of these th- cases, you know, it often seems so innocuous. You see something happen like that and you think, oh, he'll get up from that and just walk away. And, yeah. of course, he went down and never moved. And, yeah. um, and knew straight away, too, that, you know, it must be the most sickening feeling, notwithstanding the absolute physical agony, yeah. but the, the mor- you know, the yeah. realisation that this is it and it's probably 12 months and... You know, we lacked a lot of um, run. Uh, the team was a bit one-paced the other night and 
So players like Kieran Byrne are players we can ill afford to lose because mm. he, he's a player that is capable of running the lines. Yeah. And it was just so disappointing. A fellow that's making real progress. And I, I can remember uh, Brendan Bolton saying early year about Kieran Byrne, I think we might have a player here. That was how mm. he rated, rated Kieran. And of course, um, I saw Zach Tui, um, his um, um, fellow countryman, mention at the weekend that Kieran has age on his side, you know, to get over this. It's... Yeah. Um, Probably going to be the best part of 12 months. I suppose the good thing is, what are we in July? So we're going to see him, you know, at some point next year, fingers crossed. It's not a complete uh, 2017 wiped out. Mm. But uh, I think a player of his quality and worth and run is, is something, someone, or something we, we sorely need, you know. And um, let's hope recovery is speedy. I, I, I did hear or read a couple of comments where he said, look, he's getting his mind around it now, and that's. Probably half the battle. Yeah. Um, but we we definitely want him to make a, a complete, successful, and full recovery um, because he's a player that can't really needs to be quite literally up and running. Well, how do you fill that hole? Well, it's a it's a good question, Tony. And I suppose you know there's always a lot to play for. I I, I just I bumped into Andrew Gallucci coming in here mm. this morning, and he's getting over that shoulder injury, and, he, and you know he's saying how how much there is to play for for players that probably uh, we're yet to have a look at that are in a position, if they if they display form uh, in the lower grades, mm. are actually more than likely going to get a call-up because I think what we what we have now is in the last seven or eight games we've got an opportunity to see the future of Carlton, you know, and like hopefully Charlie Kernow won't be too far away. You know, Mackay's now, trying to get games into his legs. Sorry, Tom, Charlie Curnow, is he's got glandular fever. He's he's got the HSC illness or the the VCE. How's he How's he coming on? Well, he, well, he he's back. He's back up and running, ah. and um and has and I think I read that where he he was quite um upbeat about getting through, ah. and uh, and so he's he's now back in the system. Um, been a tough year for him, obviously, yeah. with with well, with ill health. He's a glandular fever. Um, Mackay, I think, had a minor setback, didn't play um, most recently, having had one game back after um, after injury. But, again, these are players that I think Brendan Bolton and the, and the coaching uh, staff would be desperate to see yeah. uh, get games under their belt. So I think, I think you know, in answer to your question with uh, the loss of Kieran Byrne, not... not Right now, as we speak, I, I don't have anyone in mind that I could throw at you in terms of name-wise. There's probably someone there. I just haven't had a chance to think about it. But but I suspect um, there'll be opportunities for, for you know a number of players should they display the form that warrants their senior selection because there'll be no armchair rides given. They'll have to perform. No, and uh, the great man Brendan Bolton has been um, consistent about that. Yes. There's, as you said, uh, nobody's going to be... Basically gifted a spot in Very the seniors. True. Yeah. Very true. Um, Tone, I'm going to ask you for your three two ones. Three two ones, Tone. Look, I I acknowledged Ed Kerno earlier, and I'm going to do it again. I thought his uh, negating game on on Trelaw for Collingwood was terrific. It couldn't have done more to to curb Trelaw's influence, and he's a good player for Collingwood. So I gave Ed one vote. 
Then I, I had to go to the uh, the Lion Hearts, as I've done so often this year, the, the fellows that flew the flag for us in the back half. And with all due respect to Sam Rowe, I thought he played pretty well, actually, also. But I went with uh, Sam Doherty, two votes, yep. stellar year and uh, pushing on for all Australian selection. And uh, the the uh, little big man, Simo, just going from strength to strength. What a year he's having. Extraordinary. Extraordinary year. And <laughs> again, just, um, you know, um, you know, was there when, when Carlton so desperately needed him, as he has been for so many games throughout his long and illustrious career. It is, um, it's been a red-letter year. It has indeed. Play. It has indeed. You know, and you look back, one of the success stories, I mean, you think about Doherty and Simpson, I mean, they're, they're going to be up there in the BNF, aren't they? Oh, they've, they've well, been yeah. tremendous. And, um, and all power to Simo, you know, he... he um, he, uh, as you said, Tony, he's lifted his game to another level, and um, you know, it, uh, at what is he, thirty plus years, it shows mm. no signs of abating, and, and all power to him. You know, he, he he's going to give three hundred a, a one hell of a shake, I reckon. Oh, I certainly hope so, and then maybe he can lead the country <laughs> after that. I'd certainly have we, vote for him. Have we got a leader, Tony? Have we have we actually got one yet? Oh no, is no, it? that's mm. um, we'll get back to you. Watch this space. <laughs> We're only a first world democracy. <laughs> There's no rush. Um, I, I want to talk to you about Wright, about Wright's game. Yes. Um, he did some, some very nice things. His goal kicking is very – he's very composed in front of goal with a set shot. I agree with you, Tony. And um, Look, I think, I think the inclusion of uh, Matthew Wright to the, the Carlton dynamic is actually a tribute to Stephen Silvani's vision. I, I give him credit for getting a hard nut like Wright in from Adelaide and plus Sumner and – Lamb and all those other players that you know Phillips that have come in and brought really brought another dimension to the team, and I think what a player like Wright and Co bring to Carlton is that a little bit of steel to around mm. the contests, you know, um, which I think we really needed. You know, Mark Murphy, uh, I've always thought um, as brave as he is, needed the support in numbers around him, and I think that's what players like Matthew Wright do bring to the table. Wright's a smart player. Um, he can assess the situation pretty quickly. He makes uh, the right decisions, uh, you know, nine times out of ten. And I, I think, um, you know, his experience to the team has also proved invaluable to the to the uh, to Carlton as a whole. So yes, yes, I, I think a heady player, you know, one that doesn't get too flustered or overcome by the situation. Experienced player, good decision maker. And and a goal kicker, you know. Um, I might say, Tony, that the, the you know with Murphy out of the team, we'll speak about Murphy in a moment. I think the other player we so desperately missed at the moment when I when I told you about how I felt we were a bit one paced mm. was Dennis Armfield. Ah, because yes. Armfield yeah. this year I think has is another one of those players that's come on. And what what uh, I think Dennis Armfield has done uh, is become a more dangerous player because of his improved. Field kicking. Yeah, I mean, he's a goal kicker that we miss who who actually breaks the lines. And, yes, and I, I think his run was what we also missed the other night. And again, like Murph, he's a little still a little while away. I, mm. I understand Murph's probably another one or two away. Which it's hard to believe when you think back to that game against Geelong. You know that innocuous incident yeah. with Dangerfield. You think, well, you know, he might actually hobble back on the second half or of the game and we haven't seen him for weeks and it's it's obviously of great frustration to, to mark that he can't get over this particular ankle injury and Dennis has had a you know a, a sort of an eye watering uh, uh, ailment um, you know um, the groin area uh, mm. we'll say uh, who, overuse yeah <laughs> yes 
Yeah, and um, unfortunately we haven't seen him for you know the past fortnight or so, and, and we miss him. Um, he's been a, he's brought a lot to the table this year at Carlton, and I think he's improved goal kicking. Means he's a, a far more dangerous player than he probably ever has been at any stage of his career. And um, also, you look at the caliber of a player he would draw from the opposition too, because he is. He's electric, he's, and, he, and his pace is, is electrifying. And, well, that's true, and if you go back to the game on Saturday night, Tony, what we weren't able to do was find space into the 50 or, or, mm. or hit a target or run the line, and, and, and Armfield's one of those players that's capable of getting the ball inside 50 and finishing off. Mm. We just didn't have that sort of player on uh, Saturday night, and um, we, need them. we need them all, Tony. I think what, I think what we're sa- seeing right now is Carlton's depth being sorely tested, but all yeah. that does is... Um, place a requirement on every other player to, to lift a notch. And, and this is a real test for the players and for Brendan Bolton. You know, can they get up for, for Adelaide? Tough, tough gig, the MCG, that's for sure, but yeah. no greater test. No, no, like you say, Tone. Um, just to cover off Murph, we reckon one or two weeks. Looks that way, Tony. He just can't seem to shrug it at the moment. It, as I said, it's a cause of enormous frustration for yeah. him, I'm sure, and for supporters who are yeah. watching on. Um, we need him back as quickly as possible, that's we for sure. We sure do. Well, uh, Carlton v Adelaide, we're talking uh, Matthew Wright, his old club. Um, Sunday, 10th of July, MCG, 1.10pm. It's multicultural round. Um, multicultural greats at the Carlton Football Club. Who would you say? Well, Tony? well, I mean, there's, a, there's Silvani's a, obviously. Silvani's the one, but then if you, I suppose you think back to Milam Hanna, who was oh, you know born awesome. in Lebanon, yeah. can still remember the smells of of Lebanon, yeah. uh, which you you'll re- rediscover them. If you're fortunate enough to be invited to Mrs. Hannah's house, oh, one of the so great. You've been cro- there? No, no, I, I haven't. I've been told this third oh. hand. But bl- blokes like Edge Christo, who, who I think rang the bell at the weekend, they used to live around there. They'd come into training, and, yeah. they, and Cooter was another one. They'd go to Mrs. Hannah's for lunch, and she'd have a you know a feast oh. uh, ready for them. Um, you know, you talk about other players. I think Michael Sexton was born in in Lay. I think in New Guinea. Oh yeah. Um, so there's different players that have been you know uh, born Wayne Blackwell's born in London or in England I think yeah there's we've had a, an enormous multicultural um yeah Rowan Welsh Rowan Welsh from uh, <laughs> yes. <East> Scotland <laughs> we could yes. go on you could go on yeah you could go we on. won't no but um, um, you're right multicultural rent's a big round for the for the club and 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 you know the Ligon Street and Carlton are inextricably linked and you know you won't probably get a more multicultural precinct than Ligon Street from East uh, Brunswick not, through to Carlton. Not only that, but the, the wonderful, you know, Jewish support for the Carlton uh, Football absolutely. Club over the years, which absolutely. has been magnificent. Yeah, we're here in the early days of Carlton, you know, the uh, the Smorgan family's presence and yeah. um, an enormous uh, Jewish enclave in the old days of Carlton before the Italians got here. Yeah. So you're right, it's, it's um, what's the word, steeped in history? It and would, totally. Yeah, totally, totally. Now, um, Adelaide... Look, it's 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 not going to be an easy game. Uh, we shan't kid we shan't kid ourselves. No, but um, it has been a great it has been a great year so far. And I say compared to last year, where there was a there was a sense of hopelessness almost yes. after a loss. This year, I just feel like a loss just washes off me, and I just think. Because everything is just building towards something better that will happen next year or, or in the future. Well, I think so. I think the you know the future's bright, and we we are all pushing forward. I just hope our depth can you know um, 
our issue with depth uh, won't really bite this week. It's I mean Adelaide's obviously pressing for you know a premiership. Mm. Uh, they took a little while to shrug Melbourne off at the weekend, but did what they had to do. Um, we've all heard about the potency of their forward set up, um, uh, and they're pretty even. They look pretty even, and uh, a very good team. So. Uh, Carlton's work will be cut out, but in, in saying that, you know, Bryn Bolton, I, I'm sure we put into the players that, you know, what we need this time of year is a, um, a follow-on from what we were displaying earlier in the year. Yeah. It is a long season, but um, the challenge is to the players now to, to try and um, uh, regain the sort of form that was shown earlier in the year and uh, bring it bring it to the MCG in spades for the uh, match with the Crows because that's Adelaide... Uh, on the MCG is a formidable, formidable foe, and and of course Adelaide will be there when the whips are cracking in September. Mm. So um, they'll be taking a, any game of the MCG as a pretty serious um, dress rehearsal. So um, yes, the challenge is there for for all account this week. Let's see how the players one and all meet that challenge. Tony, it'll be very interesting. And hopefully game number two for Jack Silvani. Oh, number two for Jack Silvani. I don't think he's done too much to hurt his um, chances of uh, selection for game number two. I'll uh, be look, looking forward to seeing him out there. He's, he's exciting to watch and um, long may he reign. Exactly. If you want to see the next generation coming through, the Northern Blues take on Geelong at Icon Park this Saturday at 2pm. Uh, just I mentioned earlier, Tony, number 29 of Heath Scotland. It was a number worn by the former Carlton Premiership player of 1947, the late Alan Greenshields, who died last week. Oh. I'm actually speaking at his funeral on Thursday, Tony, and talking a little bit about his life and times at Carlton. Interestingly, he was uh, 20th man in the 1947 grand final and never got a run. He sat oh. on the bench for the entire game and he told this great story. Of course, 47, Fred Stafford, the premiership hero, kicked a goal to give Carlton a one-point victory over Essendon oh, excellent. in the dying seconds of that game, the last 20 seconds. Yep. Can you imagine if he did it today? He'd be, yeah. be keys to Carlton. But um, Greenshields told this story that, that Stafford had not had a kick all game and he said he was sitting on the bench up from the advisors and the coach, Purse Bentley, and he could hear the assistant coaches saying to Purse, you've got to get Stafford off and get uh, young Greenshields on. Yeah. And Bentley would say, yeah, just wait a few minutes, just wait a few minutes. It got down to the last 20 seconds and Stafford, who hadn't had a kick all day, becomes a hero with that goal. He kicks the goal from a bounce in the forward pocket, puts Carlton point in front. The ball goes back to the centre, is bounced, and the final siren goes. Oh. And I remember saying to Alan, I said, do you often wonder what might have been with the 47 grand final? And he said, not a day has gone by that I haven't thought about it. And I worked it out, Tony, in terms of days since 47 when I spoke to Alan Greenshield. <laughs> something like 25,000 days. <laughs> he was a lovely man. He yeah. followed Carlton t- until the end. Uh, he later went to St Kilda. His early career was interrupted by wartime. Yeah. He was one of those men of the 40s, men of stature that you know saw a lot and lived through a lot oh. and came back probably. Plus a childhood through the Depression as well, you Correct, imagine. correct. But wow. a, a, a lovely man. Um, uh, he was 90, and his passing means that Ken Hands is the last man standing from both the 45 bloodbath oh. and the 47 grand final. Hands is the last link with that great era of Carlton history. Oh, well, uh, be careful with that man. He's an antique. <laughs> uh, this has been The Two Tones, episode 22. Tony Moclair and Tony DeVolfo saying go blues, and we will catch you next week. <laughs>